Hey, today we're talking all about fasting, intermittent fasting, and who shouldn't do it. Stick around. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and today it's me, Ella. How are you? Welcome to 2017. I am so excited about this year. I'm ready for a new one. I don't know about you guys. If you've listened to the past couple of episodes, episode 90 and episode 92, then you know, in real time anyway, the date that I'm recording this, that we're doing a group fast January 8th. 9th and 10th of 2017. If you haven't listened to episode 90 or 92, go back and do that now and then come back here and this will make a whole lot more sense. But I promised everybody who was interested in the episode with Jimmy Moore, the topic of fasting, the topic of intermittent fasting, I promised that I would do a Q&A episode before our group fast began. Now, if you want to know more about the group fast, then what you need to do is simply get on the email list and say, I'm interested in fasting. Or you can email me and say, fasting. That's it. That's all that's required. You can also hit me up on any social media page anywhere and tell me that you're interested and I'll put you on the email list. We also have a private Facebook group for anyone interested in the fasting experience or anyone who wants to lurk, observe, learn from others, learn from people who've been doing this a lot longer than I have, and just generally immerse yourself in the topic does not obligate you to have to do anything. Of course, you don't have to do anything. You're a grown-up. You can do whatever you want. But the private Facebook group is different than the On Air with Ella page, and you can jump on the On Air with Ella page to find where that's located. Anyway, here's the deal. We're not going to go back and cover things that we've already covered. So if you want all of this to make sense, go listen to episode 90 and 92. And there's only one thing that I'll repeat here. And that is that I am not a doctor. I'm not only not a doctor, I'm not your doctor. And I'm also not an expert in fasting. I am not a health practitioner. Please, please, please understand that all I am is little old me doing this experience, learning a great deal about this experience, super personally interested in fasting for healing. And I have committed to doing a three-day fast and sharing my book before, during, and after with you, because that's what we do here. So I will share my experience with you and all of the questions that I'm about to answer today, and you guys had so many questions, and I'm going to go through them all. They are relevant to you, whether you're interested in doing this fast or whether you're just interested in learning more about intermittent fasting and water fasting. So this episode is not strictly limited to those who are interested in the January event. So if you're listening to this afterward or if you're just not up for a three-day fast in any form or fashion, then hopefully you'll still learn a little something today. Everything we're talking about, everything we're talking about is based on my own personal experience and also Dr. Jason Fung and Jimmy Moore's book, 
the complete guide to fasting. That's what I'm using as my guideline. I've read many, many books on this subject, and this is by far the best one in terms of its accessibility, its clarity, its options, the options that they actually present to you in terms of using different types of fasting for healing, and just the level of detail that it goes into without losing its audience. And I just really, really have a lot of respect for these guys. So their book is what I use for my own guidance and what I'm using to direct my own experience and this January fasting group. All right. So without further ado, let's get to your questions. In general, just to give you an idea of where we're going to go, we're going to talk about intermittent fasting versus a three-day water fast, which is what I'm doing. We're going to talk about what you can eat, what you can consume, and what you don't want to eat or consume over that period. We're going to talk about exercising during a fast. We're going to talk about multivitamins during a fast. And we're going to talk about different options and different ways to do this or not do it because we're definitely going to talk about who should not even be giving this a thought right now. All right, let's get some definitions on the table first. So intermittent fasting is very simply condensing your eating window. So you'll hear people talk about a 16-8 intermittent fast or an 18-6 intermittent fast or a 12-hour intermittent fast. And all that means is condensing your eating window. Let's take 16-8, for example, to where you're only eating in an eight-hour period every day or a few days a week. And then for the other 16 hours that period, you're essentially fasting. And bear in mind, you're asleep for some portion of that. Intermittent fasting is something that you've heard me talk a lot about very recently. Again, go back and listen to episode 90 and 92 so that you can hear more about my own story. The short version here is loved it, hated it, loved it, use it. And it's working really well for me. But Water fasting is a whole nother ball game. Water fasting is exactly what it sounds like. You are fasting from consuming anything but water. Now, I say that with an asterisk on the end because as you'll learn as we go through this podcast and if you read Jimmy Moore and Dr. Jason Fung's book, you'll know that there are some exceptions to that and some conditions in which you might want to exercise those exceptions, okay? And that's what so many of your questions were centered around. So without a doubt, because, you know, we're buds and we're on the same page, uh, the number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 questions that I got were all about, what can I actually eat on this fast? What can I consume? What can I put in my face during this fast? And that is where we're going to spend a lot of time today. Coffee. I had more questions about coffee than any other substance. So a lot of questions like, can I drink coffee or tea during a fast? What can I put in the coffee? Can I have coffee with cream? Can I have coffee with sugar-free creamer? Can I have coffee with MCT oil in it? Can I have my bulletproof coffee or my fatty coffee? You get the idea. Well, as you know, when I spoke with Jimmy Moore, one of the reasons this fast actually became something I thought I could actually survive is because he's actually pro-coffee during a water fast, ironically. Now, purists will say a water fast is a water fast and you consume water. And there are several schools of thought here at play, but remember, what I'm sharing with you today is what I'm doing. And in fact, I've created a PDF cheat sheet for those of you who are actually in the fasting group that I'll email out to you. I won't email that out to the whole mailing list, just the people who have asked to be in the fasting group, just program note there. But what we're talking about today is my personal plan. Love it, hate it, do what you want. At the end of the day, do what you want. But the point is that the Q&A for an utter purist water fast would be very, very short. The question would be, what can I consume during a water fast? And the answer would be very simple 
water. And so we're going beyond that and I'm sharing with you what I'm actually planning on doing and why. For rookie water fasters like myself, knowing that I'll be able to have a little bit of coffee in the mornings is really, really key for me. And the trick here is how you have that coffee and how much coffee that you have. Now for intermittent fasting, and again, we'll bounce back between the two, but for intermittent fasting, coffee, fatty coffee, any coffee that is plain or high fat and very, very low sugar to no sugar, is not going to throw you out of your fast. So many, many people who who engage in intermittent fasting or IF drink fatty coffee and that's all they'll consume for the first several hours of the day. In a water fast, you really want to stick to your plain black coffee. Now, I don't drink coffee black. I don't know about you. Like if you do, good on you. This is not even an issue for you. But I definitely put in some coconut creamer every time I make coffee in the morning. Here's what I'm going to do. Now, creamer will uh, throw you out of your fast, so to speak, if you are attempting to do what I'm doing, which is a healing water fast. Again, IF, if you're doing IF for these three days, have at it. Do your high fat, low to no sugar coffee and don't talk to us about it because we'll be jealous. But if you are doing this water fast with me, there are several reasons why you don't want to add anything to your coffee. So let's talk about it and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I actually am going to just stock up on cold brew coffee. Yes, I make it myself, but I'm not going to for this period. And I'm going to stock up on cold brew coffee and I'm going to heat up a little bit in the morning. Yes, I am the freak who heats up her cold brew coffee. But cold brew, describes how the coffee is brewed. It doesn't describe how you have to consume it. And I like my coffee hot most of the time. So I will actually be warming up my cold brew coffee and drinking it plain. It's the only kind of coffee I can really drink black because cold brew coffee is so smooth. And it's just a completely different experience, in my opinion, than uh, your standard cup of joe. Now, let me tell you what Mark Sisson of Mark's Daily Apple, one of the most well-known experts in the primal lifestyle and someone for whom I have a great deal of respect, he says coffee is actually beneficial for fat burning, especially during a fast. And he goes on and talks about the hormonal impact and why this can be useful. But he says, in short, fat burning and metabolism upregulated in response to the epinephrine which is increased when you consume coffee during a fast. The epinephrine, he says, also lowers appetite, which can be extremely helpful for people trying to stave off hunger during a fast. And then what Jimmy Moore and Jason Fung say in their book is they say that this, I mean, besides all the obvious benefits of being able to consume a hit of coffee in the morning, is that it doesn't feel like you are so completely out of your routine. So they have found that having black coffee in the morning is actually useful for people who might otherwise struggle with being able to maintain a one day, two day, three day fast or more. Now, if you are intermittent fasting, adding a pure fat won't take you out of the fasted state, so to speak, and it might take the edge off of your hunger, but it will reduce the body fat that you burn by a bit, okay? That's for intermittent fasting. But when you are doing a water fast like I am, I am actually doing this, remember my why, and you need to have yours, but the reason I'm doing this is because I am trying to 
sort of put the finishing touches on healing my gut and some digestive issues that I was struggling with that resulted in weight gain. And and that's that journey that I've explained to you in episodes past. And I'm really committed to seeing this through. So I'm not going to introduce any food sources. And it doesn't matter if you blend up MCT oil or blend up butter, that's a food source and it's going in, um, whether you're drinking or chewing. I'm going to keep free of those food sources uh, while I do this fast. Now, because we're obsessed, all right, and coffee was the hot button issue, I'm going to dive a little deeper here. Eva asked, can I put coconut oil and grass-fed butter in my coffee? I take my coffee strong and very seriously. (laughs) I love you, Eva. Me too. Um, I've been putting heavy whipping cream and a little bit of stevia in it. I really like butter and coconut oil also. I'm reading conflicting reports that say butter and coconut oil will not take you out of a fasting state, and I get all kinds of excited, and then I read someplace else that it will. So the short answer here is water fast. Nope. Intermittent fasting. Yes. It will not take you out of an intermittent fasting state, but if you're doing a water fast, you know, that's going a bridge too far, Eva, a bridge too far. The more scientific explanation here is that any food that you're consuming is going to raise insulin. Pure fat raises it the least and then carbs raise your insulin the most and then protein is somewhere in between. So again, if you're intermittent fasting and you put in pure fats, then fatty coffee is great for you during that period. Your water fasting, it depends on your why and what your motivation is, but I'm actually trying to do an actual water fast, so I'm going to stick to just plain coffee. (laughs) A coffee water fast. Neen, who you guys know and love because she's been on the show twice, Neen said, are herbal teas okay on the fast? Short answer, yes, they are. As long as there's no caffeine, no sugar, no crap. So you need to turn that package around if you're buying just, you know, normal herbal tea off the shelf. And you need to make sure that there are no other ingredients because you'd be surprised in some cases. So if it's just strictly herbal tea, preferably not caffeinated, then yes, it sort of falls in that gray area that I personally am allowing, so to speak, for my own water fast, herbal teas, black coffee, non-caloric beverages for consumption that will help you and not hurt you. Somebody else asked, I'm assuming club soda is a no-go since we're aiming for gut health. Is that true? Uh, Club soda? Yeah, maybe not. Uh, Some club sodas have additional ingredients, but I personally will, in fact, use plain sparkling water. Uh, Not at all opposed to doing that. So I'll be having some sparkling water, not flavored, not colored. Club soda, I think, sometimes has additional sodium, potentially other ingredients. But just as far as sparkling water goes, I have no issue. Now, there are conversations about what type of water is best. So if you've been reading about fasting for some time, you might already be familiar with this, but some argue that distilled water is the only way to go when you are water fasting, and then other people vehemently disagree. My personal bent is... I don't care. Again, I'm not being a purist about this. I've already told you I'm going to have black coffee. I wouldn't be opposed to having herbal tea. It's just not really my jam most of the time. With regard to what type of water I consume... I'm totally down with sparkling water. I'm 100% okay with one of those pH waters, uh, you know, that are very, very alkaline. Um, Probably I'll just be refilling from my big old water filter here um, and refilling a a bottle over and over again will be the the thing that I do the most. I am not trying to make this complicated. So I am not going to be overly fastidious or dogmatic about what type of water that I use. Again, I'll leave that argument to the purists. 
We had some questions about sugar substitutes. Maggie asked, Jimmy Moore mentions not using any sugar substitute, even stevia. But Sarah Solomon, that's a previous guest who first introduced us to the concept of intermittent fasting. Anyway, Maggie says, Sarah Solomon uses amino X during her fast and it has a sugar substitute. So is it different opinions or is there proof behind the stevia and more natural sweeteners pushing you out of fasting? All right, listen, for the water fast, no artificial sweeteners, no sweeteners, nothing in that territory at all. And the reason being is twofold. The first reason is artificial sweeteners and natural sweeteners both can increase your cravings for something sweet. Now, artificial sweeteners are known to do this. Even chewing gum that's sugar-free but has artificial sweeteners in it, that can intensely increase cravings. We'll talk a bit more about that in a moment. But artificial sweeteners actually trigger your receptors to be expecting something sweet and and can even create cravings in that direction. So they backfire. Now, again, for me, water fasting... I'm trying to heal my gut. And sometimes even the natural sweeteners can trigger gut responses. And I don't know. I don't have any idea if I have a problem with stevia. I don't think that I do. But since I'm trying to heal my gut, I'm not going to put anything in it that it might have a reaction to. So... The short answer for me is no. The longer answer is for intermittent fasting, absolutely. I would use BCAAs. Um, I would use stevia. I would use um, drinks and that sort of thing that had natural sweeteners in them that were sugar-free. But for water fasting, I won't. So if you're intermittent fasting, then knock yourself out. Uh, For me, I'm going to skip it. That leads me into another question that several people ask. And Robin, you said, what about the use of BCAAs during the fast? Now, BCAA stands for branch chain amino acids. And it's something that I drink regularly before a workout, after a workout, sometimes during a workout. And it's typically bought in powder form and you mix it with water. Mine's flavored just a little bit, but I love my BCAAs and I have them every single day. And they help with cravings, they help with muscle development, and you can learn a lot more about that on your own. But the people I'm talking to are the ones who are already consuming BCAAs and want to know if they can consume them on the water fast. Well, dial back to the conversation that we just had. And the answer for me during water fast is no. And the answer for me during intermittent fasting is hell yes. So for water fasting, my BCAAs, which are very good. And again, I love them and I'll share them with you. I'll put them in this post. They do have stevia in them and they say they're naturally flavored and they have a few other ingredients that, that make this, you know, not exactly a whole food, but something I do consume on a regular basis, but I don't want any of the ingredients. So personally for my water fast, that's a no for me. If coffee was the clear winner, bone broth came in a very close second. Several people had questions about whether we should consume bone broth during this water fast. There's a lot to say here. Jimmy Moore in our interview in episode 90 and then in the book with Dr. Fung, they both say that bone broth is a wonderful sort of emergency go-to if you are unaccustomed to water fasting to get you through the first day or two of a longer, more extended fast. Jimmy points out that you could fast on just bone broth and it would be an extremely restorative thing to do. And I've done that before. I've done a juice and bone broth fast where I do nothing but green juices and bone broth for just a few days. And it helps me reset, especially if I was struggling with cravings or just needed an entire, you know, quick reset reboot type of thing. Now, in this case, 
let me share with you what I will do. What I will do is I will 100% have bone broth in the house, 100%. And if I need it, and I'll explain what I mean by that. If I need it, I will absolutely have a cup or two during this fast. What does need mean? Need means if I feel terrible and I feel like I can't go on because I physically don't feel well, perhaps I'll be shaky or perhaps my electrolytes will be too low. Bone broth is a wonderful go-to to have as a resource and to help you stay in this fast. For intermittent fasting, it's a 100% yes. And we've done episodes on bone broth. I'm not going to redo that episode here, but real bone broth made, not bought off the shelf, not bought in a box, but provided from a local source or made in-house. You you make it yourself. Real bone broth is extremely healing, extremely restorative for the gut. And I highly, highly recommend it. So will I have it? My answer for the water fast will be if necessary. That's my answer. And then for intermittent fasting, absolutely. A cup of bone broth a day is a wonderful addition for gut health. Kombucha. Jimmy and I talked about kombucha and when he told me, I actually had read it in the book, that he consumed one kombucha a day on his fasting, there was light, there was rainbows, there was hope in my heart that I could actually get through this fast. Well, I'll tell you something, I've progressed, I think, a little bit from there. I think I'm going to do the water fast without kombucha. Kombucha will be my go-to if I'm just like, if I just cannot take it, kombucha will be my go-to. But for the water fast, I'm going to stay away from it only because I'm experimenting. I want to see what happens with my gut if I can make a real change, if I can move the needle. And so if I don't put the yeast and the probiotics and all of the wonderful things that are kombucha, if I don't put them in my system, I feel like I'll learn more. Again, I am not getting paid to do this. If I need it. If I need kombucha, then by God, I'm going to have one and I'll let you know, okay? For intermittent fasting, I find kombucha wonderful because I actually do my intermittent fasting and stop eating early. Other people eat later and stay go later. I actually eat early and quit early. And so kombucha is a wonderful thing to have in the evening. I love it. Um, possibly addicted to it. We can talk about that later. I uh, absolutely 100% recommend it for intermittent fasting. You know, Liz had a good question. She said, if kombucha's okay, I'm wondering if Kavita's fermented probiotic drink would also be okay. Kavita is a brand and it is a fermented probiotic drink and it promises some of the same benefits of kombucha. In fact, Kavita actually have a kombucha line as well. And my answer, Liz, in this case is going to be a big fat no for me personally. And the reason why is Kavita not knocking them at all, but on a water fast, I don't want the other ingredients that they have in these probiotic drinks. So for example, uh, just flipping one of their bottles around at the store, because you had asked me this question, I wanted to check it out. They do have cane sugar in them and they have other flavors and extracts and uh, for example, ashwagandha root, which is a mushroom. Um, and I have had a reaction to ashwagandha before. In any case, they're flavored and they have other ingredients. And I'm just going to try and go, you know, pretty cold turkey and not introduce any of those ingredients during my water fast. I don't have a comment on that for intermittent fasting. I, I don't think it's going to throw you out of an intermittent fast uh, to consume a probiotic drink uh, as long as the sugars are not crazy. Some of them honestly can have... Uh, as many as 18 grams of sugar per bottle. So for me, that's a no, but that one is kind of every man for himself. If it works for you, then great. If it doesn't, no. 
one thing to remember when you're flipping those bottles around, check how many servings they say there are per container. Because when I was doing my research, Liz, I flipped that bottle around and it said there are two servings per container. So you have to double up on the carbs and sugar that they mention on the label. Okay, we've touched on this. Several of you asked if we can have sugar-free gum during a fast. And Jennifer says, I haven't been able to find a solid answer from an expert. It's not in the book as far as I can tell. My guess is to not chew gum because it does have five calories. And also, doesn't the chewing mechanism trigger the digestive process? And cravings. I'd just like to have the professional answer once and for all. Well, Jennifer, if you're looking for the professional answer, this is probably not where you're going to get it, but I'll give you the Ella answer. My answer is no. I touched on this before. You are exactly right. It's not about the five calories, not at all. It is about the artificial sweeteners, one. And two, it is about the fact that gum does in fact trigger the entire digestive process. Chewing, salivating are the first steps in the entire digestion process. And I am trying to disengage my body from those sensations, from those expectations. And so chewing is about the last thing I want to do if I'm not putting something in my belly. Chewing gum has the potential to create cravings. And that's about the last thing that I want. In fact, I have noticed of late that that does have that effect on me. I would not recommend it during a water fast. Chewing gum during an intermittent fast falls in the do what works for you category. No sugar-free gum for me. I'm kicking the habit altogether. I think this fast is helping me enormously with that, even just preparing for it and not chewing gum. Many questions from you about whether you can take vitamins or supplements during a fast. I'm going to share a fairly long answer with you in this regard. It is not my business to tell somebody to take a supplement or a multivitamin or to not to. So let me share a few different perspectives here from different experts. All right. Now, Eva said, I do not take any prescription medication any longer thanks to my primal lifestyle, but I do take fish oil, K2, magnesium, and a multivitamin. I think it was Mark Sisson who wrote an article about not taking your multivitamins during intermittent fasting. Well, yes and no, Eva. He actually does have something to say about taking multivitamins during fasting. And the truth is that he's not opposed to it, but he makes a very logical point that many, many vitamins are more readily absorbed when they are taken with food, especially fat-soluble vitamins. A, D, E, and K, for example, those vitamins are fat-soluble. If you don't consume them in the same window in which you're consuming fat, then you're just creating expensive pee, my friend. You are not absorbing most of that vitamin. And since I won't be taking food, I'm not going to create expensive pee and take these vitamins that aren't going to be absorbed into my system. Now, vitamin C and others are water soluble and in fact will be absorbed. I'm going to stay away from multivitamins during this period. Jimmy Moore uh, talks about both experiences, and there are lots and lots of debates about whether you should take multivitamins or supplements during a fast, and the logic is some people say you need the additional nourishment, and other people say you're confusing your body because you're putting these nutrients and these minerals in it, but there's no food, and that's actually confusing and makes things more difficult for you. Here's my take. It's three days. Like, I will live without taking my multivitamin for three days. The point is that you need to go into it well-nourished, not that you should try to get in all that nourishment in the three-day fasting period. Here's what the experts say. Taking supplements will not break your fasted state as long as the supplements you take have no caloric density. Now, that's often not the case. 
vitamins have calories and it's not about counting calories, guys. It's about turning on insulin. I take a liquid multivitamin and something made it liquid, something made it slightly sweet and something makes it sort of yummy to take. Whatever those things are, I don't want to introduce them during a water fast. If you take multivitamins in a gelatin capsule, that could also, depending on the volume, that could also trigger some kind of food intake-like response. So for me, again, that's a no. Uh, the absorption issue is in fact something to bear in mind. And then at the end of the day, the question is, is it interfering with your goal? And it's worth repeating, you don't need to take a multivitamin while you are fasting, but you need to be well nourished before you start and after you finish. In fact, one expert says, people who are malnourished or lack essential micronutrients and undergo fasting are at risk for severe health problems and could die. So <laughs> we'll talk more about the risks and who should not be fasting. But in general, the three days that I will live without my multivitamin won't make a difference. And so I'm ju it's just a no for me. One thing I will take though, to be clear, is I will take my magnesium oxide. I take mag 07. I've shared that with you guys before. I will link to it in the post at onairwithella.com for this episode. And mag 07 is magnesium oxide. I will be taking magnesium oxide because it will have a very good cleansing effect while I'm doing this three-day water fast. And I checked the ingredients to make sure I wasn't consuming anything else that I didn't want to. Uh, you've heard me talk about magnesium oxide before. And magnesium oxide, at the end of the day, very simply put, draws water into your GI tract and has a, fl a gentle flushing effect if you take it at night and you consume it with water and then the next morning you'll notice a little bit of a cleansing effect and I have to say I had one very generous uh, listener contact me and say warn everybody it acted faster for me so it could be more fast acting for them in other words I take it at night and I don't notice any impact until the next morning and it's gentle natural not it's not a laxative at all and it's not a stimulant but this listener who who shall remain nameless because bless her she took it and sh she felt like it had an almost immediate uh, cleansing effect shall we say on her I've never had that experience but I do not doubt hers so make sure if it's the first time you've taken magnesium oxide make sure that you uh, take it wisely and don't take more than three or four okay okay I have many, many more questions, but I'm going to break these up into segments so that I'm not just overloading you with information. So to wrap up the section on what we should eat or consume during our fasting period, I want to share with you a completely opposing view from a water fasting purist who says, I see so many people trying to add salt or vitamins or teas to their fast. That's not a water fast. It's a starving mode. Water only fasting equals water only anything that is not water stops the detoxification process and slows down the detox. If you are fasting long-term and haven't prepared yourself for it with a plant-based lifestyle or short-term fast, then most likely you will feel lightheaded or nauseous at some point during your fast. If you need to drive or do some physical activity, you most likely will experience some discomfort. For the water fast to work and heal whatever it needs to heal you, you need to get out of its way and let it do its thing, aka rest and not swallow anything besides water. If you can't do that, maybe you shouldn't be doing a long-term water fast. 
She says, if that's the case, start with a day or two a week first to prepare and get into the habit of fasting by intermittent fasting. And if your daily diet is crappy, you can't expect fasting to heal everything and stay that way if you're going back to the same diet. Water fasting isn't a band-aid. Look into changing your lifestyle to mostly plant-based. I'm not saying all of this to point at who's right or to force you to do it my way, but adding anything to your water fast is not a water fast. And please, water fast responsibly. Okay. So she makes a couple of points that I agree with. And she makes a couple of points that I'm choosing not to opt in on for this fast for me. So I am not here. I'm not doing this to wear a t-shirt that says I water fasted. I have a very clear why, which I've already explained to you. So I'm doing everything in my power to meet my goal. I want you to consider what your goal is and what your goal should be. And then that will determine what you ingest or don't ingest. Now, fooling around with water fasting, if you're not coming from a healthful and informed place, is really foolish. And it's probably not the right decision for you if you're coming from a straight, standard American diet. And for those many of you who aren't living in the U.S., you still know what I mean. If you're coming from a place of great abundance and indulgence and dropping into a water fast, that could have really dire consequences. Let's not do that. If you're in that place, then take this three days and use it for something else. Use it for a whole foods fast or use it to practice intermittent fasting. For those of you doing a water fast, decide whether you want the t-shirt. If you want the t-shirt, then try to do three days with water only. Me personally, I'll add a few things here and there to get through the three days and to get the objective that I want. Now, I'm going to stop here and pick up in another episode that I'll release very, very, very quickly after this one. But again, I want to give you this information in chunks and do know that I'm putting all of the content from these episodes with regard to what I will intake and won't intake. I'm putting it in a cheat sheet for those of you who are in my fasting group. I'm going to email you that. So that'll be coming your way and you can look in your inbox for that. Everyone else, if you want the email, you know how to find me and stick around. There are a lot more Q&A to come. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.